We are tonight's entertainment. You can't handle the truth. The fire rises. Pizza time. You're a wizard, Harry. So it begins. You know how much I sacrifice? You think that's air you're breathing? Groovy. I don't have friends. I got family. We services hey Trent hi Park um you sound much closer than usual and wow your hand is grasping my hand as though you've come through the screen or nope I'm just in your living room hi Parth you're looking well and wow and you can really see how well I'm looking you were we were you were having a glum monologue about your personal life before this but you said once the, we, the recording started you turn it on and here you are Wow, I'm, gl- I'm glad we brought this up on air. Um, so what have you been eating most recently? Um, here's a cup of coffee, you see, but it gets more interesting than Ooh. that. Um, I just put it away. My mom made a walnut cranberry loaf. Oh, wow. And I was nibbling on it. And um, But the funny thing, my mom and my sister are mildly allergic to walnuts. So I wow. was like, Mom, why, why are you making this? Yeah. And she was like, eh, I'm getting better. She's working through it. Um, but I guess, you know, like Nate... Or a f- friend of the show. Just, friend off the show. Yeah. Allergic to cats, but just spent so much time with a cat that he's no longer allergic to this cats. Sophia Alexis, friend of the show. <laughs> Sorry, Nate. Um, <laughs> yeah, wasn't, literally. It, it grew up with a cat in the house. Mm, um, cat in the hat. Yeah. Even there. Um, so she's wanted a cat. Uh, and uh, we do not currently live together, but <laughs> plans are being made. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> And good luck, sailor. Okay. And so then, um, the problem is that I am allergic to cats. Both my oh, dad and I are allergic to cats. She requesting you build up an immunity. And whenever I'm like, I don't know if I can like physically tolerate living with a cat. It's not that I wouldn't like be okay with it. I would because like it, they take less, um, to, they're less to deal with than less say a dog. Maintain, yeah. Um, but I'm going to be like sneezing and miserable. The at entire least for, time at, I'm in the house. At least for a while. Or whatever apartment, a uh, shitty apartment we're living in. And um, the answer that I receive is, you'll be fine. Like, it'll be fine. See, Parth, maybe you're lucky because when I, when my girlfriend asks for, to adopt a cat, I just say, no, I don't want that. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, well, I would love a dog, but um, a, apartment life prevents that. But mm. a cat, I kind of just have no interest in. The only dog that I would be happy and I've said this many times. Oh, the only dog I'd be happy to just take in is Rudy, the dog you've met. Sure. Um, the one-eyed traveler um, himself. I mean, we had a cat that was not allowed in our last apartment, and I'm positive we could... Twig? Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure we could smuggle a dog in here, even though it's not allowed. As long as well, they were I mean, not you, a big... You have. Well, I mean, yeah, as long as they weren't a big barker. Mm. Um, but yeah. Um, but yeah, the fun story about the cranberry walnut bread, Anthony was playing Fortnite and I offered, and he was like, Oh, what are you eating? I was like, Oh, some cranberry bread. Mm. And then I offered it to him and then he takes a piece and then he puts it in his mouth. And then I recalled the conversation we had a few nights prior where I learned that he was allergic to all sorts of nuts. And then I was like, Oh, I think there's walnuts in that. And he was like, Oh, oh. And, he was like, oh. oh. <laughs> and then he went and spit it out. And he said for the first game of Fortnite, he was feeling a little weird, oh. but he said by the second game of Fortnite, he was back to normal. Well, that's so I was I was poisoned my yeah, friend. That's good, and roommate with what I ate for breakfast. Wow, very good. Um, well, what I had for breakfast. Thank Thanks. you for asking. Thanks, Barth. Um, I had some uh, oatmeal. Oatmeal. Yeah, Quaker oats. Really Maple, stretching that word brown out. Sugar. Well, oatmeal. Okay. Well, we've been stretching this intro out. Yeah. Uh, is time to just cue it? It's time. All right, everybody. Say it with me, Trent. Oh, or you can just drink some of your coffee. What am I saying? Cue, cue the, the intro. Welcome back to Craft Services, where we talk about the movies. Each week we talk about a film, and hopefully have a crew member of that film to talk with us about their experience working on the picture. A few, week, we- a few, a few oh. weeks ago. Yes, um, uh, and also, dear listener, if you listen to our Saw X discussion, um, you'll note that Trent said that I beam 
um, whenever he says the welcome back portion. It's true. Um, and today was no different. Yeah. Um, but anyways, a few weeks ago, we talked with cinematographer Maria Rushi about her work um, on Bottoms. And those are parts one and two. Uh, it's a two-part interview. Banger, if you ask me. Oh, banger. It rips, some may say. Yeah. But um, the interview or the movie or both? Well, you know? we're about to find out. Yes. Um, but the interview, we know. Uh, it does. That's confirmed. It's awesome. Over two, two parts. Um, you should go listen to that if you haven't already. There's some really good talks uh, that we have. Um, yes, our talks are really good. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Um, but also, if you love Maria Rushi, got good news for you. We got another two-part interview with her on our um, podcast as well about... In, down in the vault. Yeah, with uh, Emma Seligman's feature debut, Shiva Baby. Yes. Um, and Bottoms, of course, is her sophomore film. But if you're with us right now... Which it you, would appear you are. Yeah, you're going to have to make do with Trent and I. And we're just going to be discussing the film today. Yeah, friend of the show, Jordan Sikfus, I think, made a good point. She said, are you going to have a woman on the Bottoms interview, on the Bottoms discussion? And I said, we should, but it's tomorrow, so I don't think we do. Well, so if Jordan Sikfus was happy to lend her time to us to do it, I'd be happy to have her on. Yeah, she is a, a UTI and her car battery. Well, she seems like she'd be and, happy And her car battery died there. this morning, and so I don't, I don't know if she's ready for a, an hour-long film I'm podcast. I'm sure an hour-long of parts staring her down, making sure that she's doing everything correct on the pod is exactly what she needs. That she's properly contributing. The pressure cooker of hanging out and working with parts. Exactly. Um, but anyways, yeah, just two men talking about bottoms, a teen lesbian comedy. Um, but Trent, is it you or me that has to do a 10 word synopsis? Um, I think I should. I oh, great. I don't, I don't think I have. Well, it's a, a it's a pressure has been lifted off my shoulders. Wow. You look lighter already. I feel better. You so. look whiter already. Didn't know that was possible. <laughs> Anyways. Parth uh, equates whiteness with quality, which is interesting. I don't. That needs to be edited or <sighs> manicured in some way. Okay. No, that was funny. That soundbite is weird. No, no. It's cool. It's awesome. That's why I'm going to leave it as is. Okay, Parth. Take it away. I'll be your word counter. <laughs> um, two girls start bike club to have sex with cheerleaders. Nice, Parth. Congratulations. The real synopsis, however, is two unpopular queer high school students, very similar starts, Parth, start a fight club, wow, the parallels continue, to have sex before graduation. Okay, so I didn't get the graduation part in there, but I did get the cheerleader part in there, which they did not. But it, this wasn't like American Pie where they're like, we need to have sex yeah. before graduation, like where there's a hard yeah, deadline. Or, or I even they, like Book Smart, I feel like, where uh, obviously they've already graduated, well, but there it's, it's like the before last they day. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. already the last day, so the deadline is much sooner. But here we have a large It's just like generally we're in high school and would like to have had sex. Or I guess lose their virginity. Yeah. Um, but she's a journey we're all on. Mm, oh, really? Um, yes. But Trent, a journey I'd like you to take me on is to mm, tell me the budget a financial, and box a financial journey. Yeah. Uh, so it says here that- Wait, your craft service is like supreme financial analyst, right? <sighs> wow. Um, sure. Um, so the budget of this film is $11.3 million and the box office and growing and uh, is $12 million. It's not really growing well, as far I, I, as theater, I, I, but like home I, videos. Home video, I was just going to say, Parth and I both spent $6 on it last night, and we're glad we did. So, well, well you are. Nah, I'm just kidding. Um, so we're glad yeah. to throw some money at the problem. But, um, I mean, I think that this movie like will end up making money back. It's been received home. so well yeah. that um, I think we've got third Emma Sligman um, movie probably on the way. Yeah. You know? I can't imagine a world without it. Um, so speaking of Emma Seligman, should we talk about how she made this movie? Oh, please, Barth. So while promoting Shiva Baby, Emma Seligman described her next project as a, quote, campy queer high school comedy in the vein of Wet Hot American Summer, but more for a Gen Z queer audience. I've never seen Wet Hot American Summer. Is oh, Barth, you'd love it. Would I? I, I love it. It's a... Brand, it's, a, it's a pretty specific vein of all, comedy. All I but, know is that... I think it's, there's a scene where it's like, 
Maybe it's Paul Rudd and someone else, mm-hmm. a, a, a woman, and they're oh, like making Elizabeth. out. Oh yeah, it's Elizabeth Banks with yeah. the barbecue and sauce. Y- maybe I don't remember. All I know is like they're making out, like mm-hmm. they're camp counselors, and a kid is like drowning. Oh yeah, that's a different scene with the barbecue sauce. Yeah, but yes, yeah, the kid all, drowning in the all background. All I've seen is that, and I loved that so much. Um, so I really want to watch it. And it's, there's a sequel on Netflix. Yeah, or it's it's um a series and. Mm. I think the movie is like the last day camp and then the series is like five to 10 episodes of like the first day camp. And here they're all hilariously like 20 years older, but playing. Oh, but they just like still play. Their young selves. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but it's. So if you'd be like, this is stupid. But I almost said after you read that quote that it's like the most apt comparison of all time. Cause like Wet Hot American Summer. It's like the it, it, you know how in this movie like over the loudspeaker it can be like can the two loser gays yeah, yeah, yeah. come down like what that reminds me of well it's, wet hot America because I feel like what this has been compared to is super bad and book smart but I'm like this is so much weirder yeah and it's and like more surreal. not in a, the real world yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, Which I think is like one of its strongest qualities. Exactly. And I haven't seen Wet Hot American Summer, but I get the vibe that that's part of the sense of humor of that movie or of that. Yeah, that's a little bit more insane. Like, there's a can. Like, I don't know that there's there's murder in Wet Hot. Well, no, they're like, maybe, but there's like a can that like flaps its lid and talks. And it's the voice. Oh, it's like John C. Benjamin. I think that's his name. The Bob's Burgers guys. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Is it the Bob's Burgers guys, the guy that got, uh, went to jail for taking part of the January 6th riots? No, it's like the main character. No, I'm just, I'm just. Oh, which minor Bob's Burgers character? I don't, wait, let me. This is important. No, I actually am curious now. Um, Jay Johnston. Um, we should um, have him on the show. He, <laughs> yeah. Um, what does he play? Please tell me. Please tell me what does he play. Ah! Oh, Jimmy Pesto. Oh, well, that, I mean, Jimmy Pesto's character is, like, a dick and, like, probably, like, right-wing. So, like, doesn't that make sense? Yeah, I guess so. Um, But I guess they'll find another, uh, a fake, a fake Republican to Mm. fill his shoes. Parth, would you like to continue with the production history? Oh, wow. Um, Could you tell that I was, like, like, I could feel. Yeah. It's like when someone's, like, clearing their throat and you're, like, you're about to say something. Yeah, Parth, you're about to say something. See what I did there. Yeah. All right. Um, Seligman faced significant difficulties during the process of pitching, shooting, and editing bottoms, mostly because of the film's sexual and lesbian premise. Um, I did not write that. Um, I take this off of Wikipedia just so people know that I did not write that. Anyways, um, Seligman and Senat uh, received a number of rejections while introducing the concept to various studios and were often not allowed to even properly pitch their idea to executives. Many companies declined to feature their products in the film due to its supposedly, quote, offensive content. I don't think there's... Like any that any even argument to be made. <laughs> well, like, is it that offensive? I don't think it is. Like, maybe if you like hate gay people. Like, I think that's genuinely it. I can't imagine it's anything other than that. Because what happens? Well, I mean, I guess they murder, but like people murder in things that in daytime television all yeah. the time. Well, yeah, I think it's sort of yeah, there's. It's not even worth wasting our breath on this because people are stupid for not making this awesome movie. You know? Yeah. So before Orion Pictures, wasn't whoa! it fun to see, wasn't it fun to see that old logo? Oh yeah. Um, so despite this, in April 2021, it was announced that Seligman and Senat were working with Orion Pictures and Brownstone Productions, with Elizabeth Banks, Max Handelman, and Allison Small producing for Brownstone. Whoa, Elizabeth Banks comes back. Yeah, yeah. And Alana Mayo producing for Orion. She's been a big force in like movie comedies. Yeah, cocaine, like cocaine Co- bear. Yeah, the Pitch, Pitch Perfect, Perfect sequels. And I, she, um, she's produced Charlie's Angels. Yeah. Um, I know she's produced a lot of movies. Yeah. She's been a big time producer and director lately. Um, and maybe she produced Booksmart. I don't remember, but it feels right, like while you're talking, I'll look it up. Um, yeah. So I'll just keep going. So in April 2022, it was announced that Iowa Debery, Marshawn Lynch, Ruby Cruz, Havana, Rose Liu, Kaya Gerber, Nicholas Galitzin, and Miles Fowler were added to the cast. Filming was scheduled to take place in New Orleans between April 18th and May 27th. 2022 that is a short schedule um production was nearly unable to find high school campuses in new orleans that were willing to lend their space because of this seligman resorted to shooting mostly in an abandoned elementary school and a college gymnasium 
can you find who's produced it or have you found? Oh, what movie did you say? Booksmart. Oh yeah, she didn't produce it. Yeah. Um, the film originally included scenes of PJ and Josie being sent to a quote militaristic boot camp for horny girls where Punky Johnson's character would have been introduced as the head of the camp. However, these scenes were removed due to poor reception at test screenings. Um, I think Punky Johnson's uh, involvement is just right, mm. as it is. Um, Seligman has said that But she- that also sounds silly and fun. One, yeah. mind, one mind scene, that deleted scene. Well, also, um, uh, if you... I don't remember if this was on air or off air. I think it was on air in our first episode with uh, Murray Rushi, where she's like, the script was so much wilder, and it's a good thing to have a more insane version of the script because it will get um, watered down yeah. inevitably once you film it and then edit it and then release yeah, it. Yeah, so it'll reach some so, sort of middle ground of insaneness. Yeah, so it kind of makes sense that this is something that was there and then removed. Um, so Seligman said that she cast Marshawn Lynch based on his appearance in Netflix, the Netflix series Murderville um, for an episode he was in, and the more, majority of which he had improvised. In, on September 12th, 2022, it was confirmed that filming had wrapped. Bottoms premiered at South by Southwest on March 11th, 2023. Trent, that was a pretty fun production history. Yeah, kind of fun. Okay, well, do you have Not anything great. more fun for me? I can only try. The instrumental beat used for the cheerleaders' pep rally dance is a parody of Toxic by Britney Spears. Parth, you know that song? Uh, toxic, I'm slipping on. While the film is set in the present day, the wardrobe and settings range from the 70s to the 2000s. Aside, aside from Tim using a flip phone, no smartphones were used or seen. It kind oh. of reminded me of... Have you seen Sex Education at all? No. Um, well, a uh, good show that I have not seen that much of, but enough of to like get it. Mm. Um, and that kind of takes place in like a nebulous time where it's like kind of the 80s. But I mean, I guess... As opposed to this, like in that one, it's like, it looks like the eighties, but there are smartphones mm. and also like, it's just like a weird. I like it when movies do that. Yeah, same. The poster art for this movie was modeled after both Revenge of the Nerds and The Breakfast Club. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's all just like the people yeah. like draped over each yeah. other. Yeah, it definitely I, looks like The Breakfast Club. I think I sent you the 10 Things I Hate About You poster mm. because it's like so, like at least the outfits were very similar. Yeah. Um, the film was released. Oh, I skipped one. Josie and Isabel's first study, first study. Josie and Isabel first study at the diner named "But I'm a Diner," which references the film "But I'm a Cheerleader." I haven't seen that one of you. It's no, I have. But do you know Natasha Leone? Leone. Yeah, Um, uh, I've heard it's good. Yeah, friend of the show Pablo Garcia likes it. I know that. Oh, from the Jews and Black Messiah discussion. There we go. Uh, the film was released to theaters in the U.S., U.K., and Ireland, but directly to streaming in the rest of the world. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, that sucks, but whatever. Uh, Marshawn Lynch was initially unsure about accepting the role. However, he ended up taking it as a way to rewrite his regret of mishandling his younger sister coming out to him in high school. Isn't that interesting? Or I guess this I is guess. a yeah. good correction. Yeah. So, you know, you know. Um, well, that was fun. I wouldn't, I'd give it like one star. Wow. It was fun, but you would give it one star? I don't know. What this, a transition. Yep. Um, one star reviews, folks. Um, that was better. Well, it just wasn't a transition. But um, do you, uh, okay, I'll go. Uh, this, so this is from Amazon customer with the title Bunk. Don't waste your moolah on this trash. And three found three people found this helpful. Next one is by Moises, and it's titled Weak, and then it just says but. Yeah. Do you think he parted the Red Seas? But. Moises. Oh, yeah, I was going to make a joke about that, and then I couldn't think of anything intelligent to say, so I'm glad you... Well, Michael D. has something intelligent to I'm, say. I'm sure. Because um, he says, I'm really sorry that Nick Galitzin agreed to do this movie. Uh, who is that? That's the boyfriend um, football guy. Jeff? I don't remember his name. Is that The his main name? guy or like the friend guy? No, the main guy. Jeff. Who like gets hit by the car. Yeah. 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 Um, he's in Red, White, and Royal Blue, if you even care. Um, don't you know what that is? It's a it's, it's not a, very good movie based on a not very good book. It sounds but politically like, motivated. Uh, no, it's like the president of America's son and the prime minister of England's son 
are gay for each other. Oh, that, I mean, at least I don't want to look into it, but that sounds fun. Yeah, I mean, it's like stupid, but it's fun. I think I gave it two and a half out of five. All right, Farth. Tell me the All last right, well, Michael video. D says, I'm really sorry that Nick Galitzen agreed to do this movie. What a piece of garbage. Who financed this crap? A sure sign that American culture is definitely in a, in parentheses, probably irreversible, steep and accelerating decline. This is a crazy strong take to have. Uh, imagine watching Bottoms and instead of being like, I liked it. I didn't like it. It was okay. Being like, this is a reflection <laughs> of the downfall the steep decline of, of American culture. Uh, and if like, it makes you feel movie. any better, Michael D, they had trouble financing it. Mm. Uh, they had to work really hard. Yeah. Um, so it seems like there are a bunch of people at you, like you out there in charge of movie studios. So you should go start your own. Or you should just go fuck yourself. Or that, sure. Um, GFY, if you will. Um, Whoa. Good wordplay, Parth. Thank you. Ready to, ready to open up into the free form section of the podcast? I was just about to say, yeah, podcast. it's time to talk about what's working and not working. Um, Trent, uh, who, who do you want to go first? Did we see this movie together? No. No, we did not. I saw it with Sophia and Amelie, Mm. Emily Francois, if you will, um, in Princeton. And you saw it, I think. At Princeton Garden Theater? No, um, Market Fair. AMC. AMC, yeah. Um, Ooh, yeah. doesn't cost me money. Still is. Rewards <laughs> number, yeah. Um, and I think you saw it at RU Cinema. No, I would never do that to myself anymore. I, I think you did. I think you did watch it at RU Cinema. Because it was only playing there or something. I would believe that, but all... I, I really would try to not subject myself to that, but I, I believe it. I mean... I think you and Jordan... I, I mean, I could be wrong, but... Yeah, in order to fit it in right before yeah, the Yeah, just because it was, it was only playing there... And you needed to watch it for the interview. Okay, unfortunately, I I, I gave money to RU Cinema. But, oh, and we... Well, and, I mean, just for the story, the first, our first viewing, we walked in about 10 minutes late, and we were very unsure of what exactly we missed. And then last night, renting the movie was my first time seeing the first 10 minutes. Yeah, so why don't you start off talking about your overall thoughts on the movie and maybe go into, well, you you and I were talking just before we were recording, you know, we hang out, we're friends, well, you know, Um, and um, I'm kidding. Yeah, I was I was literally Thanks like five minutes, five minutes before the recording. I was like, you're my only friend that I see all the time. <laughs> I'm glad we do the podcast. Um, <laughs> gorsh. <laughs> um, you're goofy. Yeah, gorsh. It's time to talk about b- 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 bottoms. Um, okay. Where? It's rough. Um, <laughs> but you were talking about how this was the first time you'd seen the first 10 minutes and you were not uh, why, why don't you say um of all the parts of the movie i love i was surprised by the first 10 minutes because and you what what do you what is the first 10 minutes consist of like what did you like up until what point had you not seen uh it's the first shot with the kid in the back of the classroom with the cage um where it uh where the first time they're in marshall lynch's class Oh wow, that's like pretty deep into the movie. So basically, it misses their whole the entire thing in the, room the and then the whole carnival. Yeah, and them hitting him with the car, and so yeah, it was. It started with like the football player Jeff coming in on the crutches, and I had so little context, and I didn't know that the them being in juvie thing was like a joke. So that felt <clears throat> real to me, right? Um. So, but now, okay. So this I'm, is I, now I see clearly now the rain a, is gone. This is interesting because when I had first come out of Bottoms, I was a little, I, I liked it, but I was more lukewarm on it than mm-hmm. I think you were. Um, I was red hot. But I think that those first 10 minutes do really make a difference because those first 10 minutes I was watching it and I was like, I don't, like, I understand what the jokes are, but I don't get it. Like, what are you, what are we trying to do here? And I think that it, the tone is like a little off or something in those first, and the comedy is not as funny as it should be. 
I think. I think it, it makes an intentional, like, we're going to move from being, like, 10% surreal to, like, 50% surreal, yeah. like, right at the moment when I walk in. Look, that's the, that's the problem that I had had. And so then when that surrealness happened, I was like, is this a one-off joke? Or yeah. is this the movie? And it was the rest of the movie. And it was the rest of the movie, which I like. Mm-hmm. But I think that that had sort of an, uh, an effect that reverberated over the rest of my experience watching the movie. Going in on a rewatch... I had a much better time. Maybe it's like Scott Pilgrim where they were like, let's make let's get them comfortable mm. and then let's take the rug out from underneath them. Which, I mean, but, is a clear influence on the movie. And they've said as much. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. But yeah, I guess in that maybe a little bit more time is spent in the in the grounded world. Yeah. And it's supposed to be more of a reveal. Um, yeah, I mean, I think... I. I definitely think that when you see the guy in the cage in the background and they don't, they don't even cut to a close up of it. He's I like that the, they don't. That is awesome. Yeah. And that was one I knew. And I think I told this to Maria Rushi where yeah. I was like, yep, I get it. Like, mm-hmm. this is great. Um, and I, I think, um, yeah, I think that the tone really starts working from that point on. Uh, something that happened in that scene that just made me laugh was like something they do in like every high school movie where like the scene starts and it's the beginning of class and then like one thing happens and then like the end of class bell rings. Yes. And the glee uh, class bell, if you will. Yes. And um, PJ's character was like, that's class. <laughs> um, and that, you know, good, you know, meta commentary. Yeah. Sorry. Don't know where that came from. That's all good. Um, but after that, it's like really, it's smooth sailing. Mm. Uh, yeah. But like, I don't it, just because it's the only negative thing that I'll have to say f- all day. It the vibe of the jokes and the comedy all just felt like different and like not as fluid and natural in the first ten minutes as compared to the rest of the movie. That's how I feel, and I mean, I could be very wrong in what I'm saying, but. If- First 10 minutes felt very improv of like, oh, just we're sending the cameras up and they're going to say the things, whatever they want to say. Mm-hmm. Whereas the later parts of the movie, and I'm sure there's a lot of improv that I'm not. Mm-hmm. You can see a lot of the outtakes in, yeah, the, yeah. in the end credits, which is fun. Um, it feels more structured or, so, or like. This well, it's like every beat has to be moving the yeah. story along. Whereas I feel like in the first 10 minutes, there's a lot of like. It's like we can joke, just joke, joke, but like. Bullshit I don't know and that talk it's, yeah, before I, I, the fair. And I feel like I'm less interested in that. And the movie seems less interested in that um, because later on, it like puts way more emphasis on like the more insane stuff that happens in the movie. Um, and so. Yeah, it really is funny, like, what a difference those first 10 minutes can make to your first time watch. I wonder who it was, but before this movie came out, someone was like, Marshawn Lynch is in this movie. Mm. And I guess I may have had some feelings about it, too, but I find him so funny in this. He's good in this, yeah. Uh, Maybe he is just, should only play, you know, mildly... uh, Pivoted versions of himself. Have you seen... The Murderville or whatever? No, I was going to say, have you seen... Um, what's the Amy Schumer, Bill Hader movie? Oh, Trainwreck? Train no. I fucking hate that movie. John Cena? Except, well, he is in that, but that's not the sports guy I was going to go for. Oh. LeBron is in that. Yes. Um, and he is really funny with Bill Hader. And he kind of reminds me... Uh, I mean, he's playing himself in that movie, mm-hmm. so it's not quite the same, but... His comedic stuff that he gets to do in the movie reminds me a little bit of that, where it's just like ridiculous. Um, yeah, you see some of Marshawn Lynch's outtakes at the very end. He may, he does like three different takes of a joke, and I'm like, he's like, it's far-reaching, smart improv. Yeah, so I was impressed. Um, but yeah, I'm, and obviously, uh, I'm sure everyone on Letterbox. Uh, will be the first. I mean, and both of these people I'm about to mention are on Letterbox, but I think the both lead roles pretty awesome and funny. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big. Okay, maybe this is my hot take oh. of the movie. Um, I don't. I really love Rachel Senat. Um, in a lot of like, I love her, and I think Bodies, 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 where I first like took note of her. Yeah, she's. It's really, really hard to run a podcast, Trent. Um, <laughs> and um. 
I've seen what's the fucking the weekend show, like the show oh. with the weekend, the idol. Yeah, a uh, really bad show, but she's great in it. Mm. I mean, I think. Um, um, the internet has caught fire over her. Yeah, she. I mean, she was like big for a while on the internet, um, and I don't know that this is my favorite Rachel Senat performance. I think that I way prefer Io Debris. Uh, thing and it might be because Rachel Senna is like intentionally unlikable mm-hmm. for a majority of the movie. Yeah, we need to reach um, an emotional low point with our characters. Yeah, and I feel like in a lot of oh, and Shiva Baby, I really love her in that. Yeah, um, I feel like in a lot of the movies that she's or media that she's in that I really end up enjoying is stuff where she's sort of placed in crazy circumstances and has to be like what is happening? Like, mm-hmm. what is going on? Whereas in this movie, I feel she's causing yeah, she's the crazy mo- situation. She is, yeah, is the um, crazy a little bit. And it's not that I think she does a bad job by any means, but I just don't think that that is, like, her strong... I think she's better at reacting off of crazy, if that makes sense, even if she is crazy. Um, but that's just kind of my take, just because I'm a... I went... I, it's also, like, I went in being, like, I, I'm ready to see Rachel Senat, And then I ended up liking... Iowa debris more in it. Um, but it's not a thing the movie does wrong necessarily, just a personal preference. Were you surprised too when um Rachel Sanat's character's uh crush was straight? straight? Well, okay, yes, but no. I mean, I figured it was going to It would be to. statistically very lucky if they were able to Well, just also <laughs> just like by the logic of, of the movie, like, it had to there's be no one way that, who is like, successful and one is both not. Both of these could go well. No, no, I agree. But they were flirting in that scene. No, I felt like, it too, part. Like, there's no I world, felt it too. There's no world in which you could tell me that she wasn't a little bit like, ooh, you know, maybe. Because it's like too, it's too flirty. There's simply no way. Um, she just likes gay porn. Uh, That's the yeah, clarification that. that is made. Um, good for her, I guess. Do you know the, um, like, the guy who's Jeff's friend, who's, like, the mean, intense... Yes, yeah. Doesn't he kind of look like Mr. M? Oh, my God, he does, yeah. Isn't that guy so funny? I Yeah, I really like him. I really like... Um... I really like the, like, football players stuff. I was just going to say the football players and, like, the announcements and the cheerleaders and the extremeness of, like, Jeff, come on my tits! Or just, like, all of that ridiculousness is so funny. Yeah, and again, that's stuff that worked better for me on a second go-around because in the first go-around, I was like, is this the real world or not? Mm -hmm. I don't know. And it's not. We learned. Because it could be, like, Saw X. It could just be a fantasy trap. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my balls. Um, (laughs) Fingers. My leg! My bone marrow! Crank the dial through five positions. Of all the people in the world to rip off, you choose... (laughs) What's What's it? John... John John Kramer? John Kramer. I mean, call that epic bad luck. But this is not a Saw X discussion. Um, But anyways, um, they kind of... The football players kind of remind me of in Barbie... The, like Mattel toy execs, but sure, I, thought, sure. I thought they were funnier here. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Um, like that. What else, Trent? Um, the girl who plays Hazel and her explosives and the ending shot blowing up the tree and the slow, fi- the slow, uh, like dolly or no, it's crane zoom of the football field. It's all working for me. Wow. Not, I think it's a 93-minute movie. That's working with credits. Yes. That's oh, working yeah. with me. I wanted to bring that up. Edgar Wright is thrilled about it on his Instagram. He is. <laughs> um, I, re- I think with this movie, I really enjoy it. It's, it's, um, this type of movie is not, like, my movie necessarily. Um, like, uh, but I think... What makes me most happy about this movie is that it exists. Right? I was, you took the words out of my mouth. Um, because it's the type of movie and type of tone that does not get released in theaters and is now considered like, this is crazy that this got released. Um, but not that long ago, like 20 years ago, probably, um, there was like five or six of these movies that would get released in theaters. What are they? Uh, well, I don't, I mean, they're like early 2000s teen comedy type stuff. You know what I mean? Like there was a lot of these movies that would come out. Um, 
and they don't I mean even not not just teen comedies even like like a train wreck which I don't like I think it's a bad movie but I feel like all we get or I mean now things are changing but for a long time all we were getting was just like Marvel blockbusters and Marvel type blockbusters as much as I love the Mission Impossible franchise that also falls into that category of just like huge movies yeah Jurassic World meant to make a billion dollars yes and that squeezes out any ability to create a 10 million dollar movie or a 30 million dollar movie um and I think that tide is changing a little bit because now all these studios are losing billions of dollars on these hugely budgeted movies Ant-Man 3 on well it's like Ant-Man 3, you could at least be like, at least it's Ant-Man. But when you're losing money on Indiana Jones... Yeah, that's a bad like, sign. Like, that's a bad sign. You know what I mean? Um, uh, uh, but, yeah, I, I think that like the, the existence of this movie uh, makes me... Even though it did not do that well in theaters, there is not the narrative that, like, now this sucks. We're allowing it to make money on home video, which is what used to happen, mm, especially like DVDs. in the 90s, yeah. is that you could afford to lose money on a movie in theaters because of back. the DVD market. Yeah. And streaming has negated that. And now they've realized streaming doesn't make people money. And so um, yeah. I think home video is kind of there's a resurgence of treating that as a secondary revenue stream i think jordan went to see five nights at freddy's on like its opening night just to come home and for us to be scrolling through peacock and i said five nights at freddy's is right here you could have just watched it they release it side by side which is like the most inane stupid weird thing of all time yeah i mean even though though although even then do you so top gun maverick in its opening weekend made 150 million dollars um, it's the highest opening. Welcome back to the movies. It's the highest opening of Tom Cruise's career ever. Um, highest Memorial Day opening weekend. Like a whole bunch of stuff. Guess how much? Well, I'll just tell you. But Five Nights at Freddy's opened to $130 million in its opening weekend on a $20 million budget. Wow. Yeah. I hate to say this. Who the fuck is going to see it? I, it's I mean, I saw it. Oh. Can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. I, this kind of answers the question. Um, you ever listen to the radio? Um, like, yeah, I guess. Um, my freshman year, I worked at like the college radio station. Yes, uh, with Claire Appel. Yeah, the core, um, 90.3, if you're in the New Brunswick area. And it also, like during certain hours, is handled by like the high school, like Piscataway High School. And I tuned in the other day, and I guess it was during the high school hours, because mm-hmm. it was like four high school boys sitting around, and I listened to them talk about Five Nights at Freddy's awesome. for about 15 minutes. How was it? Um, it gave away... The entire movie? No, it gave away the sort of person who goes to see Five Nights at Freddy's, and is mm. really excited about it. Oof. Um... You say that with no disdain for this type of person at all, I assume, right? No, it, it was it was it was it was a good way to kill time while driving. But that's an amazing number. More importantly, yes. to, to, to keep move, keep. But again, forward. I mean, that's another like I think horror is making a huge comeback. But honestly, at the same time, that's inspiring stuff. That's what I'm saying. It's a, on a twenty million dollar budget for that kind of movie to be made, and I think they're making movies. For different age groups more. Is Five Nights at Freddy's an app? (laughs) It's a game. On the computer. You can get it on a computer. You can get it on an iPad and iPhone as well. Do you not know? So it is an app. (laughs) Like, yes, but it is. It's not like Google or it's not like be real. You know what I mean? Like, it's a game. I've never played it once. Um, I know I the general concept. I, have you seen any of the like Five Nights at Freddy's lore? Like, that's just a theory, a game theory. Do you know what this is at no, all? No, I know like sound bites of like, are you Freddy Fazbear? Okay. I like Very stupid good. stuff. And I know like it's like Chuck E. Cheese and it's like through a security room. Yeah, well, when I was in middle school, like I, I watched all the like, there's a lot of lore. The games themselves are not, in my opinion, that fun to play. Mm-hmm. They're mostly inane. But, um... Is it, like, a story, and once you complete it, there's nothing more to there's do? There's not really a story. No, you, but is it, like, there's a... There's a gameplay, and you complete it, and then you're done? Or is there some sort of... Wow, so this Bottoms discussion has devolved into a discussion <laughs> of Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, we'll circle back. Um, but... I'm okay, curious. So, 
I'll just explain the first game because the second, third, there's and multiple. Four, there's four or five, something like that. Um, well, there's four, and then there's a VR game, from what I understand. But that sounds scary. Yeah. I would be like the person like running out of the treadmill. You yeah. Know? Um, basically, you are a night security guard. Um, like at- Josh Hutchinson's character. Yes, though I would separate the movie from the games because it's different. The the boys at the high, at the high school had, um, had a lot to say about this. But yeah. um, well, I do too. <laughs> um, but um, are we having Freddie Fazbear as the guest? Okay. Um, dun, 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 dun. Is that his music? Oh wow, this joke didn't <laughs> land at all. Um, yes. Um. Uh, but basically you're a night security guard and Me. all you have to, like, there's a guy on the phone, but it's like recorded messages and he's giving you tips about like, oh, like the animatronics, they kind of move around at night. Like this is like weird or whatever. And you have to like check the security cam footage to see where they're moving. And then like close, like you can close the left door to stop an animatronic but that opens the right door or you can close the right door, but that opens the left door and you have to turn on the lights. Like, it's, and it's with the intention of keeping them from getting out. Yes. No, from getting to you. Oh, cause they want to attack you. Cause they want to kill you. So the idea is that if you can make it to f- at the end of five nights, you've beat the game and it gets progressively harder with each night. Um, and how much real world time elapses in one night? I don't remember. I mean, I played these games when I was like 14. But, okay, but can you complete it all in like one sitting, or is it like? Yeah, I, that's that's oh, the that's idea. the idea. Yeah, I understand. Um, and why do they want to kill you? Well, that's part of the lore, which you can kind of because like there are parts where like when you in between like nights, like it'll you play like these like eight bit mini game type things, mm-hmm. and they kind of like tell lore and stuff. And basically, there's a whole lot of bunch of like um stuff hidden and clues and stuff. And so this guy, Matt Pat, and this is how I know. About I heard it. the boys on yeah, the show. Yeah. Talking yeah. About so this. he, he, he like pretty extensively has gone through all the like details and whatever, and has constructed like, Oh, this is kind of what's happened. And it, it's like based off of this real life tragedy that happened. And like this, this character is probably this character from the epic game. And you're like meant to piece it together. So it's not really like the act of playing the game is all that fun, in my opinion. Kind of learning about it and having someone else piece it together for you is interesting, I think. But um, it's all kind of nonsense at the end of the day. Um, And the movie makes it only more nonsense. Um, But yeah, that's Five Nights at Freddy's for you. I know we can't go down this rabbit hole too, but all this conversation made me think of was Slenderman and playing Slenderman. Maybe that's the closest thing I have. But at least, is, I think Five Nights at Freddy's, there's like more that you could make. There's I think more. There's, well, there's lore or yeah. whatever. So you could, yeah, like, I don't know how good it is, but you can make just because there Remember is the a lot of Remember the Slenderman stuff. girl who like killed her friend? I do, yeah. I wonder what, fucked up. What, what's her fate? I can look it up. Slenderman girl. Well, this, this Bottoms discussion has taken a dark turn. Is she out? You know? Oh. Yeah, Parth, she was released from the mental hospital. Um. <laughs> wow, I'm, I, what are you laughing about? About the absurdity of us doing this right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's okay. She's, uh, I'm sure everyone involved is fine. But bottoms, pretty good. Do we wrap this up? I mean, I don't know that we have anything that interesting to say. I loved it. Um, I I don't know. I feel like I thought everyone was on the same page, and then I feel like I travel out in the world, and I'll hear people chirp and be like, bottoms? No thanks. And I've tried to be like, what the heck are you talking about, Fulio? You, mm-hmm. you just don't get it. Yeah. Um, so I've been trying to advocate for the cause. Um, because I mean, like you said, I'm happy the movies like this can exist. Yeah. To me, that is like the ultimate thing about this movie. That's like my narrative of the movie is that I'm happy. And, you know, young directors. Yeah. Fresh out of film school. I mean, like, it's really cool that, um, I mean, we're from Rutgers, so I'm always going to have like a little bit of an underdog spirit of like, oh, fuck the NYU kids. Mm -hmm. Um, but like. 
it's really cool that like it's kind of this group of friends from NYU that have all banded together and they're making these movies and they're all sort of, you know, like Emma Seligman, Io Debery, Rachel Senna obviously all come from NYU. So does Maria Rushi. So does um, a, someone else in the cast. I don't remember who. And then like Charlie XCX made the music for this movie and she worked on bot, uh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Yeah. And like, so there's like overlap. And I like the idea that's like, oh, this is like a new young crew that's making stuff. Yeah. And I, I like a PTA gang. Yeah. And it, it feels like, I don't, I don't know that they're movie stars and that their name sells tickets. I mean, clearly with this movie, it doesn't yet, but right. It's not even name any, I'm right now. It's like how many Instagram followers do does how many members the cast have so they can all post and get a bunch of, but it doesn't, but that doesn't translate to actual tickets. Yeah. No. No, because these people have lots of followers, but they don't actually translate to movie tickets. I mean, people kind of just see what they want to see, if that makes sense. They don't, I don't think it makes that big of a difference. I do think, I mean, if we want to get into the broader discussion of it, the big thing is that because we sort of, we stopped making Tom Cruise movies we now make Mission Impossible movies, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, it's not it's about not, the movie it's not star entirely anymore. It's about like, the franchise. Like, that particular thing is not entirely apt because Tom Cruise is the franchise in mm. most of the things that he's in. Um, but, like, we don't make a Robert Downey Jr. movie. We make Iron Man. And so when you stop making it about the movie star and start making it about the IP, mm. that negates the power of a movie star in an audience's eye because they're no longer interested in because you can just get a new batman exactly but i mean i think that has diminishing returns because people get sick of that and i think they're starting to um and so what i was about to say is i don't know that they're movie stars yet but i think if they continue on this path and sort of allow it to organically grow i think this is like a next generation of movie stars or stars of some sort Given the prestige TV acclaim of the bear, I think that that definitely helps helps the case. Io Debery, yeah. yeah. That, I mean, she's had a crazy year this year. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it getting warm out? I was gonna say it's getting kind. Of... Do you hear that? It's a bright light outside. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I'm blind. Blinded by the light. All right. Well. Like deuce. Okay. Rewatchability, I'm just grabbing the reins, um, cool. is high. I rewatched it last night, and I could rewatch it again today. Maybe I'm still within the 24-hour rental period. You probably are. Maybe I'll explore that opportunity. Um, uh, recommend, obviously. I, as I said, I'm out in the world fighting the good fight. Um, would my mom like it? Um, I almost brought this up in reference to you talking about like the awareness of this movie. But my mom is aware of this movie, but has not seen it. But I tried to push her in the right in the right direction because mm-hmm. I feel like she would appreciate it. I don't know. Like, do you think your mom would get this movie, well, or is I'll, it like I'll just get, is I'll, it just over our mom's heads? Um, I this mean, is I like guess the most complicated version. Like, I'll, I'll version. get to it. Mine now, I guess. I mean, I'll rewatch this. Uh, um, I don't think I like it quite as much as you do, but I do enjoy it Mm -hmm. and I would rewatch it. Um, Would my mom like it? No, because it's too ridiculous. Like it's too out. Like my mom doesn't love airplane. Oh, I see. I think my parents love airplane, but my dad does. Mm -hmm. So it's not that my mom can't get what's funny about it, but but she's just like, all right, whatever. I I'm done with this. Mm -hmm. Um, so my mom wouldn't, but my dad would like this, I think. Uh, I'm actually going to use this as an opportunity, as a real experiment. I'm going to tell my mom that she has to watch it. Mm. Um, and I would, We'll have to post on I, the Instagram. I, w- I would bet that she'll land on the positive half. But it, it, it is certainly geared towards uh, like 18 to 24. I mean, or maybe a little bit broader than that. But yeah. young persons. Yeah. Um, and I'd give it... 
like an eight point five feels good to me. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, we, I mean, I guess we'd both recommend it. We, yeah, 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 that, um, that comes with the territory. Um, like a seven point five. Probably seven to seven point five is where I'm at, but uh, strong seven to seven point five. Yeah, um, yeah, that's our bottoms discussion. I guess we're like it's like Benjamin Button, or you know, we we're like we're doing episodes in reverse now. Mm. I feel younger than last week. Okay, but um, then next week, upside down and backwards, we'll be discussing the creator. Yeah, I mean, it a depends. Movie it I depends. haven't even seen yet. It de- wow, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> Sophia Alexis might be seeing the creator if you want to go see it with her. It's still in theaters. Yeah, it's at New Brunswick, boy. Wow. Um, I was just gonna say, I, maybe I'm in. I, <laughs> part that I'd love to. I was gonna say maybe this. I'm in the middle ground between theaters and streaming. But what does that mean? As in, like, the dead zone of it's not really available oh, in theaters Oh, oh. I thought you were saying, or, like, you or, prefer... You, you're like, I don't know if I want to see something in theaters. Oh, no, I'm saying I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm nervous I was in the gray area. You're almost in the gray. Well, you kind of are in I'm the gray I'm the gray area. man. Oh, wow. What a movie that we don't need to bring up. Um, yeah, next week we'll see if it's a creator. It depends on our friend Jackson Clark's schedule. Um, if not... Maybe we'll do a commentary for a movie. Wow. Um, Wouldn't that be silly? Yeah, but um, we'll have something for you next week. I promise. Oh. And when Parth gives you his word, he keeps it. And he makes sure everyone else keeps it, too. Yeah, Um, that's why our episodes always come out on time. Well, mine do. All right. um, You can catch our episodes every week on Sunday when I'm editing them. And (laughs) And um, on Mondays (laughs) when I'm editing them. And um, you can check us out on social media on Instagram and Twitter. Trent, when they want to hear these episodes, where do they hear them? Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're on that, please give us a five-star review. Write a little little ditty. Like Parth and Trent are cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, in terms of the... um, the algorithm that would actually be a big help yes please do and as always tell your friends about the show it really does help um and next week we'll see you later we'll we'll be doing something yeah hopefully good what is this